time. Hello, and welcome to Principles for Principles. We are excited to bring our listeners a podcast that supports district and school leaders with a goal of sharing, learning, and connecting around current ideas and best practices in school leadership. We're here to support veteran and novice leaders and everyone in between, and we've got a great show planned today. I'm glad you've joined us. As always, we are your hosts, Julia Breedy, Aaron Dare, and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Education. And today we will be talking with one of SDCOE's executive leadership coaches from our county equity department, Rebecca Penn. Prior to joining our team at the county, Rebecca worked in one of our local large urban school districts as a teacher, principal, and district office principal. Her recent work with the County Equity Department has helped guide and support collective efforts around inclusion and creating safe spaces for students. Today, Rebecca is here to talk about what we can do in our schools to support student belonging. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for being a guest on Principles for Principles. We're excited to have you on our show today. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me today. I'm just so happy to be in this space with you and excited to engage in a conversation about belonging. Yeah, we're super excited to hear um, your thoughts around it. So just to launch us, how would you define student belonging and tell us maybe a little bit about why it's so important? Okay. Well, to me, um, belonging is when students, you know, feel deeply connected to their community, when they feel connected to their schools, their classrooms, um, their friends, and their teachers. Um, And then a sense of belonging is when they can actually see and love their own identity and actually be able to show up as their authentic self. Um, It's when they feel seen, when they feel valued, when they see, when they feel loved in our system. And to me, belonging is extremely important because we all know that deep learning cannot happen when there is no sense of belonging. It can only happen in schools and classrooms where students have this really strong sense of belonging. There is so much research out there right now that emphasizes the importance of relationship and connectedness um, to the neuroscience of learning. And we, we we all love Zaretta Hammond's work and you know how she frames relationship as the on-ramp to learning, especially for students who have been historically marginalized. So if we really want to make sure that there is educational equity, meaning that every student receives what they develop, what they need to develop their full academic potential and social potential, then fostering a sense of belonging in school is very critical. You know, Rebecca, I heard you say, you know, at the beginning of your response that we really wanted to be able to embrace students and their authentic selves through care, through connection, through relationships. And it just really speaks to me as we think about how each student needs that that connection with the adults in the system and how we really have the capacity to do that. It it really costs us nothing to be kind and to learn someone's name and to connect with them. So thanks so much for starting with that. Absolutely. I um, really loved how you were lifting the part about being loved and, you know, that authentic self. And so I I really appreciate that you've lifted that from, from, you know, what it's defined as. Um, But I want to shift gears a little bit. And you know that over the last few years, we've really had some conversations and practices around equity. And, you know, we've done a lot of work around that, a lot of conversations. I know in a little while, you're going to talk a little bit about an equity conference that we're offering. But could you talk about equitable practices that would invite student belonging? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of us have been reading the book Street Data, right? I think you all are also engaging in that book as well. And I just love Jane Safir's author, um, you know, author of Street Data and how she describes equity work. You know, she describes it as first and foremost, it's uh, pedagogical and it's a pedagogy of voice that transforms everything from our classrooms to our adult cultures 
to our policies that we and practices in our classrooms. And the pedagogy emphasizes, you know, I see you, I believe in you, you are safe to grow and thrive here, and I want to hear your voice. I think that is just so beautiful. Um, but essentially, she's talking about relationships and belonging for each and every, you know, single one of our students in our, our school system, right? So cultivating a sense of belonging does really require us as educators to really pay close attention to systemic oppression and, and inequities, and not only just to like call it out, but also to like actually act on it. So it does require us to pay attention to how like our school and our, and our classroom climate and culture impacts our students' experiences. And that's where she gets into like the, the street data piece, listening to our student voices. Um, I, I love research. And so, you know, research is out there that says, you know, it shows that um, when students feel supported, regardless of their background or their race, they are less likely to miss school, they are less likely to face suspensions, and they are more likely to achieve academically. Um, and so there's just a lot of data around that. And then also based on the California Healthy Kids, you know, one out of every three students cannot identify a single caring adult on campus, which makes me so sad because I have two young children in public schools, and I hope that each of my child, my children are able to name at least one caring adult on campus. So, um, but what we are seeing though, is that as more and more data become available um, on climate and culture and belonging that and how it impacts students, districts and schools across our county have really committed to creating and sustaining positive school climate um, to ensure that every student has feels this sense of belonging with a caring adult on campus. Um, I guess some of the, the practices that we can all do on a daily basis that does not cost any money whatsoever. Um, one is just, you know, to ask everyone to introduce themselves and to ensure that all voices are heard. Um, we can use pronouns that people that they prefer. And if you are ready, share your pronouns. That's pretty um, simple to do. And then also just, you know, going back to showing respect through our actions and making sure that everyone feels like they are supported to be their best selves. Um, that does require us to, to know our people, right? To know their strengths and yeah. to know some of their areas of growth. And I think, you know, just honoring everyone's contribution to the work is also very important and also helps build this and build and foster this sense of belonging in our school system. Thank you, Rebecca. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, I think about climate and culture and, you know, as a former principal and how how important it is just to even smile and say hello or good morning, um, just to to give eye contact to a student. And I and I remember, you know, there would be times I would always go out before school, out in front of the school, and even when the kids were lining up, and just making that eye contact to see like who, where are our kids, how are they today, and you can really see just you know their facial expressions or even their body language. Students that may not be coming to school you know, maybe something happened before and they, you could just see it all over them. So just giving that extra little attention of like, Hey, I'm here. How could I help you? I'm there. I'm your champion. And so I appreciate you sharing that um, information with us. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, it's about humanizing the experience for, for mm -hmm. all of our students, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd love to see that one of three students identify with a caring adult or can access a caring adult on campus. I want to see that to be three of three, right? Again, yeah. it costs us nothing to be kind and care. So I want to see those numbers change. That's right. <laughs> the data actually says that one out of three students cannot. You cannot, right. That's what I'm saying. I want to see it in increase so that they can. Yeah, absolutely. 
You know, yeah. Rebecca, you you mentioned the the kind of growing recognition of the the importance of this this work um, in our schools, and and the and you also mentioned the the sort of pedagogical aspect of uh, of student belonging, and and so we know that as school leaders are eager to engage in the work, that it's also very complex, right? And that the the human factor that's involved and all the different layers of the system that have to to sort of be coordinated um, can be daunting. For our school leaders as well. So, what what advice would you give to school leaders who are making that commitment that you talked about to working on student belonging and are are seeking to really elevate that in their work and in their school communities to push it to the next level? Yeah. So, you know, first of all, every we all know that every school and district is very different, and they all have different needs. So, it is important, you know, for each school and district to look at their data and identify the area that they want to change outcomes for students who have been historically marginalized. And that can be very different from from school to school. But what we're seeing is that more and more districts and schools that we support are beginning to engage in um, student empathy interviews. They are starting to shadow students um, and just to kind of see their experience because you know, just seeing what our students go through on a day-to-day basis gives us powerful insight to what their day is like in our classrooms. Um, it gives us that street data that we just talked about. And, you know, it tells us and shows us at the ground level um, view of what our students are experiencing, or, you know, it tells us who's included, tells us who's not included, um, those who are excluded. It also highlights, you know, which students are seen and then illuminates which students are invisible in our school system. And then those, that raises the question to like, what are we gonna do about it now that we see this data that um, in, in our school system? And then also just, you know, talking to our students, asking them to, you know, them to share their experiences, what works for them, what doesn't work for them and their learning and actually listening to them and and acting on what they share with us will really help us design for belonging. And, you know, it is so important that our student voices are reflected in our schools and our community. Our students have so much wisdom and they have a lot to share. And it's really important for us as the adult and the educators to be able to create those conditions where they feel psychologically safe so they can actually show up their authentic self and speak their truth. That's great. And I really appreciate the way you're emphasizing how close we can get to the student experience through a combination of amplifying their voices and and coming as close as we can to sitting in their seats and walking in their shoes. I, I know the, the student shadowing experiences that I've had a chance to be a part of are are really eye-opening and really do shed some different light on how students walk through a school day and experience um, experience the entire school uh, school experience as they uh, as they make their way through a, a day or a week or a course uh, and uh, it's it's enlightening. So thank you for bringing that bringing that to the surface here today. So we appreciate you being a part of this conversation and all the work you're doing to help advocate for uh, issues like we've been talking about today. And uh, thank you for being with us here on Principles for Principles. Before we go, we also want to make sure that our listeners know about the upcoming Equity Conference. Yes, so we are just extremely excited about our annual Equity is Love and Action Conference that is taking place on January 19th and 20th of 2023 at the Town and Country Resort in our beautiful city of San Diego. So this year we've added a pre-session for those who want to go a little bit deeper in the learning. We'll have facilitators um, who will go over the Equity Blueprint for Action and we'll also focus on how to better support our LGBTQIA students. So the spots are limited, so we encourage you to register soon if you haven't done so. 
our conference, you know, it, it is an opportunity for our educators to come together and to grow and to learn um, as we work on making our schools safe, you know, safe spaces for all of our students so that they do feel that sense of belonging that we discussed today. We have over 50 presenters who will be sharing their wisdom, their experiences, and their um, equity journey around socially conscious leadership, asset-based systems, culturally and linguistically responsive instruction, family and community voice, and of course, most important, student agency and voice. But what I'm most excited about is, a, is the diversity of all of our keynote and feature speakers. We have the author of Street Data, Shane Safir. She's going to be there. She's one of our keynotes, um, along with Liz Kleinrock and Clint Smith. Liz Kleinrock is currently a middle school teacher and the author of Start Here, Start Now, a guide to anti-bias and anti-racist work in your school community. She also has um, a TED Talk from Education Everywhere on Building Foundations of, of Equity with Young Learners. And Clint Smith is the author of How the Word is Passed, A Reckoning with the History of Slavery Across America, which is the number one New York bestseller. And then we also have so many more amazing um, speakers like Dr. Shree Walker, Dr. Jolie Proudfit, Dr. Samuel Ortiz, Michelle Mijung Kim, and Dr. Robin Avilar. So as you can see, we have a great lineup. So we hope that you can join us at our conference in January at the beautiful Town and Country Resort. Excellent. Well, we will include the links to uh, be able to register for that, both in the podcast show notes and in the accompanying tip sheet edition that uh, that comes out along with this podcast. So anyone who's interested can sign up, and we encourage teams to attend together too to be able to learn together and uh, and take some ideas back to your schools and districts. So thanks again, Rebecca. Thank you. Rebecca, I just wanted to say how grateful we were, uh, we are as a team for you coming and sharing uh, your ex expertise around student belonging and talking a little bit about the equity conference. I know I'm looking forward to it. In every tip sheet podcast, we'd like to do a rapid fire round where we just have a little bit of fun. So I've got some fun questions for you in our rapid fire round, starting with our first one. What's the last Halloween costume you wore? Um, I was an 80s girl. <laughs> I think I saw that. I, were there pink leg warmers involved? Yes, there were pink <laughs> leg warmers. And a new kid on a block t-shirt. I, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's your latest Netflix binge watch? Okay. Um, I recently watched From Scratch. It is oh. a beautiful series. If you have not watched that, please. It's it's a tearjerker. So just, just know that. But it is a beautiful storyline. Nice. I'll have to add it to my list. And then our last question um, that we want to know is your secret recipe in the kitchen. Okay. I think the secret is that I don't cook. Ah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> so you call out. <laughs> yes, my husband cooks. I don't cook. That's so funny. I can relate. I don't really cook either unless yeah. it's like scrambled eggs. <laughs> I, I do bake. I just don't cook. Ah, you yeah. bake. So what's your, what's your uh, secret recipe for baking? I got, um, I think, well, I guess it'll be my uh, Thai Lotus blossom cookies that I make Ooh. every holiday. It's extremely time consuming, but everybody loves the cookies. So I think that that's my secret recipe. Oh, that sounds amazing. Just the name sounds just beautiful. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks well, so much for joining us today, Rebecca. I think Aaron's yeah. going to close us out. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining this episode of Principles for Principles. Want more leadership resources? You can subscribe to our Today's Informed Principle, or what we like to call our tip sheet. 
You can use the links in the podcast show notes to access our tip sheet. If you have any feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode, tweet us at SD underscore principles. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more school leadership tips. Thanks for listening.